This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Don't hold up. It's Friday. Hope you dipped out of the office early on your way home to get your weekend started off right. Hey, if you're still at work, though, thanks for dialing us up on uh, theticketfm.com, 93.7 The Ticket, or Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. I'm Austin Norman, joined, as always, by Eric Strickland here on The Block. And, of course, we are presented by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Check out Charles and uh, the great food that they're making down there at 27th and Pine Lake. Busy day here on the block. Lots to get to. Uh, two Nebraska basketball games tomorrow. We'll get Nebraska basketball at Maryland and the women at Iowa. Ooh. Big ones. Ooh. Women got to deal with uh, the woman version of Steph Curry. They do. They Ooh. get to. They haven't beat Ooh. her yet. Yeah. She, and look, even when they've been like on the verge of snatch, it's like she just does something. I don't know if it's you know shooting from the freaking – from uh, you know, uh, not not Scott's Bluff, but uh, <laughs> definitely from uh, Fremont, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? right? right. Some, something like that. But yeah, she's she's made some tremendous buckets uh, that would you know basically send us home with a with our tail between our legs. But yeah, um, Huskers are going to have a tough one too. Um, hitting the road against Maryland, it's never easy going on the road, but going on the road limping, you know, with mm-hmm. some injury issues and. You know, you're taped up and beat up and down to eight guys. It's like it's like it's like it's it's like being in the uh, in the jungle, and you know you have a lion mentality and you've got you injured your leg, you know, in the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying for the pride. You know, another lion comes in and just kind of beat you up a little bit, and you're kind of limping around. And but that's how they are right now. It's 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 really tough. I feel bad. I really do. I, I would say it hurts. It hurts my heart to see that this this team is not at full strength to be able to see what they could have done with what they had. Because again, with the starting lineup that I think most of us would have envisioned before the year, they're seven and three with wins over Creighton, who's back in the top fifteen in efficiency rankings. Should have beat smacked Purdue. Iowa. Should have beat Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Tells me all I need to know what yeah. that team could have potentially could have been. At- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, everything else we got on the show, we will talk some recruiting, a little NIL with that. Strix picks at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Conference championship games. Big ones this weekend in the NFL, so we'll get Strix picks on that. And, of course, at the bottom of this hour here, or towards the end of the hour, we will play the shootout with Strix. One more win. Champ's starting to walk toward the building. By, by next week. You get I'm it trying today? to get it. I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to go out with a bang, my guy. Absolutely. I'm trying to go out with a bang. Um, it's been fun though. It's been a fun week. Uh, a lot of, um, good content has come out. Interested to jump into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, some interesting topics that we can delve into. I'm looking forward to it. 402-464-5685. If there's something you want us to get into, that's the Honda of Lincoln hotline or the starter Heyman text line. And Strick, let's start there. Just saw one come in over the wire. Someone asks, can you tell them what's wrong with the Bulls? It's killing him. Why can't they ever have a healthy point guard? Um, 
it, 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 it's sad with that situation, too, because um, Ball was starting to really come alive after leaving the Lakers. Um, Alonzo was starting to find himself. He, uh, he changed his jumper. He was starting to knock down shots. He was looking like what everybody would have envisioned him to be. Gets injured. Um, I think a lot of that can be attributed, and I'm not going to say uh, it is, mm-hmm. to them going with that, that big baller brand shoe. Mm. I mean, he was blowing them out. There's so many things that he was doing you know, with injuries coming out of that, blowing out of shoes. So um, then you have Caruso come over which was a very integral part for the Lakers and the success that they were having before he left, didn't want to pay him. A great defender. It would have been nice to see them two play together with Levine and then, you know, DeRozan. DeRozan is a is a mid-range killer. Levine is super athletic. Um, you know, okay center play. But they had they had in the East, they had the the mix of a team that could have, you know, made some noise. And um all of a sudden now um just can't can't get right there's a there's a movie out called um uh, not harlem nights life there's a movie out called life and it had eddie murphy and um martin lawrence in it mm. and there was a guy on there that was a mute he couldn't speak but he was a tremendous athlete and his name was can't get right and that's what it feels like <laughs> that's what it feels like with this dog on chicago team they just can't get right if you look at that that roster, Lonzo's supposed to be the point guard, but he's injured. Wildly unfortunate. Caruso, not a natural point guard. Right. Had to run the point a little bit. And then at that point, you're down to Kobe White. You've seen flashes from, hasn't been great. Or Ayo Desunmu off the bench as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Not the best point guard situation. And that's an important position in the NBA, especially when you have guys like Levine, like DeRozan, like Nikola Vucevic who need to be set up. Obviously, DeRozan can go get his own, but you don't want him bringing the ball up and having to work you know, all 94 feet for it. Yeah. Levine can. He's athletic as heck, like you said, can get out and transition. But if you can set him up for easy ones as much as you can and then let him go get his when the game's on the line, you do that. But to make those guys you know, have to feel like they need to bring the ball up sometimes, what's that like having that extra you know, stress of bringing the ball up against an NBA defender? I mean, <laughs> so, and that's the thing about you know, me not also being in a similar mold of, of Caruso is um, we understood that. I think that's why it was so good for the 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 old Bulls mm-hmm. when they used to run the triangle offense is that was a way to alleviate a lot of the stress is they never had to deal with high-level pressure mm-hmm. because they always had pressure releases, whether it been from half court, Full court, um, they would just pass it. Whoever was the least uh, capable defending guy, that way Scotty could handle it. Mm. MJ could handle it. That's what was that was what was good. Even with the Lakers teams, Derek Fisher's not traditional. He's not. Derek Fisher's not a traditional point guard. Derek Fisher was a player. Mm. He he could handle the point guard position, but he wasn't traditional, and that's why he fit well in the in that system. And in the same manner. Um, uh, when I played, it was the same thing. Like if I knew I had Muggsy Bogues that was going to be covering me, or if Gary Payton was going to be hounding me, I mean, you could, you could force it and you can, you can go against it, but why? 
give that thing up to Michael Finley, go down, get in the <laughs> offense, and let's go. You know, sure. though, so so it, it is. It's 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 not. It's tiring. Because if you have to continue to get yourself, you got to think about it. Twenty-four seconds happens quickly. That's what. Oh, that's yeah. what. That's what a lot of fans don't understand about the NBA game is, is that that stuff is happening quickly. It looks like it's it's slower than the college game. It looks like the the pace and the intensity. No, it's just that they're playing so quick and so easily and so effortlessly because they're pros that it just looks like it's that. But 24 seconds, that means you got to get the ball over in eight. That leaves you only what? 16. 16. You've got to get into something very quickly and then you're, you're rolling. So that's, that's the thing about it is, is, is if you have somebody that can slow that, that, that tempo down as far as getting into the offensive sets, that can put yourself in an advantageous situation. Break down the 24-second clock for people. When, ideally, as an offense, do you want to be initiating? And when's the, oh, crap, we just got to go point? Yeah, you, you want to be, be initiating by 18-16. Okay. Um, you know, because if you've, if you've got to get into a pick-and-roll, ball reversal, a kick with another drive to another kick, that's usually where the good shots come from. Right. The, the good shots come from multiple pick-and-roll opportunities to a drive. If it's not a drop, you find a guy – on the weak side because the help has to help in. Then there's either a shot or a hard closeout to one more dribble to one more pass. There's your shot. That has to happen within that period of time. Um, where you get into this time to go moments, you want to be you want to be in that by about eight seconds. Because you want to give yourself an opportunity if you need to make a pass to be able to do so. So usually about eight seconds is when you want to be trying to get into, yo, it's, it's time to get to something to get to a shot. So as you're breaking that down, you essentially have six seconds to get the ball across half court. Yeah. No, at hopefully the most yeah. uh, is what you want to take. Then you have 10 seconds to do the pick and roll, drive, kick, drive, kick, shot fake, probe, and then, okay, maybe we don't have a shot, now we got to go. Yeah. That's 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that. That's what I'm saying. It, 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 that's how fast it happens. And, and you, know, it, you know, some people just can't understand – you know, that, that, that speed and that pace. And, and, and look, a lot of college young men think they can just come in and you have to change your psyche. It, it, it happens a lot quicker than what you think. And you're playing not 30-something games, you're playing another 50. Mm-hmm. So there are situations where young men hit rookie walls where mm-hmm. you're just like, oh. And now these NBA, you know, I, I still think it's terrible because I didn't have to do that or – you know, most of us had to play through or try to get back, and 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 now they're trying to shrink games. Or there, you go to a game, and these guys are talking about rest, rest, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And so the fans don't get the full. You know, just think if you're going to a Golden State game and your son or daughter had waited all this time to get to see Steph Curry, and you go to the game and it's rest. Come on. We just had that with the Heat. You know, yeah. A kid flew up from Argentina to watch Jimmy Butler play in Miami. Yeah. And he rested that night. Props yeah. to Jimmy and the Heat. They were still at home, uh, so they you know, brought the kid back and still got pictures and everything. But 4,500 miles to fly and not see a guy. Yeah, that's, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing, Austin, and, and, and that's what hurts, I think, about the game. I think that's what fans hate about mm-hmm. the game. Um, I think that's what's disappointing. It's probably why some of the ratings are down. Um, and then do you have the other aspect right now that's going on um, where the WNBA is really asking 
you know, for the private, the private plane situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people try to put the onus on, as I looked into it, they're trying to put the onus on, you know, the, um, the brass of the WNBA and they're trying to put the onus on, you know, the owners Mm -hmm. and so forth, you know, and, and they're, they're doing it in a public view. And, but when you look at it, the, um, gosh, darn it. My mind, Becky, I think, um, Brianna Stewart. No, the, the, um, Becky Hammond. No, the, um, the commissioner of the uh, WNBA, um, no, the commissioner of the WNBA, Kathy Engelberg, Kathy Engelberg, right? Kathy Engelberg had an interview with the USA Today, and in that discussion with the USA Today, she said, "This, this, this is the telltale of of the real meaning of it." And then I'll get to the background of it. In the discussion with the WNBA or with the USA Today, she said, "There's been a lot of corporations, and it has to do with our sponsors. Our sponsors really we love. We would love, you know, to partner with them mm-hmm. to help alleviate some of this cost." And she says they talk to the sponsors, and when she tells them the price tag, she doesn't hear from them no more. Hmm. And and the reasoning behind that is twenty million dollars. When you when you invest as you know a company or a business, you want an ROI in that, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, ratings are important, so forth and so on. And so when when when, but then here's the other part of it: in their collective bargaining agreement. And this is where sometimes I just get so disappointed about the way that things are are put forward in their collective bargaining agreement. They were given in the negotiation an opportunity to choose between higher salaries or private flights. Let me guess. They took the salaries. They took the salaries. So it's like you can't blame. It's like you you had an option to choose which one, because financially, this is what Mm -hmm. we could do. You know, because they're already operating at a at a deficit. So um, there's just things like that, you know, in totality that just, you know, bring disappointment. It's things that even now in the next collective bargaining agreement that the NBA is going to have to to look at. They're trying to raise the bar Mm -hmm. um, to get more money from TV, but their ratings aren't not reflecting that. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. We're all affected. I mean, I, I get pension from them. So. You know, I'm sure at some point that could be an effect on me, too. You know, I mean, so I'm not I'm not coming from a standpoint of, you know, just I'm, I'm coming from a standpoint of like, just be real about it. Let's just be authentic and real. Let's keep this conversation going after the break. What can the NBA do to, to get better ratings? Because they're superstars on pretty much every team, every way you turn. Seems like it should be a golden era for basketball with this, the numbers guys are putting up every night. The ratings aren't reflecting that. What's the issue with that? We'll dive into that and more after this.